bro. All right, Will, thanks for being here, man. Uh, how's it going today, man? You doing well? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm actually uh, I'm actually in Spain right now. So <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's why you see the the patterns in the background. I'm in some a hotel that's pretty historic. So they uh, got some funky style here. It's a pleasure. <laughs> a little bit of both. Okay. Um, you know, my business is all remote, so I don't really have to physically be anywhere at the moment. Um, so I decided to to shoot over to Spain for the the month of July. Ooh. I'm gonna work out of here. So. Well, let's give everyone a big background of you and what little I know about you. So I know you went, yeah. grew up in New York, you went to Arizona State, and then you worked in health tech. And then did you start going more entrepreneurial from there or? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, I, I actually, you know, I went into university with the intent to, to you know, it was pre-med, wanted to, to be a physician, work on the clinical side. That quickly sort of, that idea sort of simmered out. Um, and then the reason why I got into health tech after I graduated is because, I wanted to implement what I, I knew I was comfortable at. I knew I had really good skills at, which is communication, business, et cetera, and still have an impact in the healthcare world. Sure. Um, and I still had a passion for that for some extent. And um, I worked for health tech, start, first for on the corporate side for DeVita, which is a large dialysis provider, and then the health tech side for uh, you know about eight, eight years, eight to 10 years, um, you know, working for smaller startups and building out their, their teams. But during that period of time, I was still sort of digging my hands in, little entrepreneurial things I call it sort of micro entrepreneurial investments and stuff like that, primarily in the digital space. Um, and that really what, that's what led me to, to where we are today. I mean, that, that obviously had a domino effect. I was involved in Amazon, um, you know, while back, you know, sort of on the earlier stages on a smaller scale. Um, and really my, my business partner and I, we came across, you know, a few years ago, we were noticing these companies were popping up that were, you know, building out businesses, doing sort of done for you, Amazon businesses for investors and, you know, seemed amazing on the surface, but we actually, you know, as a test invested in, in a couple just to sort of see how they played out. And we realized, cause we knew the industry, um, we knew the industry of e-commerce and we quickly realized that honestly, everyone in the space was just not executing it properly. And there was just inefficient providers literally all over the place. And so that really led us to to bootstrap and start our own organization that does a similar thing on the surface, but is built completely different. We took all those gaps in the industry, um, infrastructure gaps, operational gaps, all that stuff that we notice ethics at the top, you know, outsourcing all these things that lead to a fragmented business model. And we just did it the other way around and flipped the script. And fast forward to two and a half years later, we've got, you know, over 300 clients two warehouse facilities in Dallas, Texas and office in Los Angeles. And, uh, we've done millions of revenue so far for our, our investors. So. Yeah. Well, let's let's explain e-commerce e to some people because I know a little bit about it. And I have a very, I guess, blanket definition of it. It's basically just yeah. buying or selling products online for the most part, correct? With online services? Yeah. Yeah, essentially. I mean, that's that's the, the highest level way you could say, look at it. It's e-commerce is just commerce online, right? It's internet right. commerce. Um, you know, you, you peel back the layers of that and you have major third-party platforms, Amazon, obviously, we are everyone's familiar with Amazon. If you're not, I don't know where you where you are right now. But <laughs> um, and then we have you know Walmart, which is the second largest e-commerce provider. Uh, they just took over eBay a couple of years ago because they you know they're obviously a massive retailer in the U.S. and North America, but they never really in, injected their capital into e-commerce the same way and let third parties sell. But now they're a massively emerging market. So you really have those third-party platforms, which people don't realize that. Just Amazon as a statistic here, you know, between 55 and 60% last time I looked, this is stats from earlier this spring, 
is pretty much what makes up their revenue is third-party sellers. So Amazon is making their money from people that are selling through their platform, both prime and non-prime products. Um, and then you have private e-commerce. If you make your own website and do your own stuff like that, if you're just a business that's brick and mortar and wants to bring it online with your own website. With, you know, with Amazon, what you're talking about, is that like the affiliate links and things? No, it's actually like Amazon Prime. You know, they those Prime trucks that are that are everywhere dropping off packages. And when you yeah. buy stuff online, those packages, you know, Prime products are, you know, 60, per, 60 to 70 percent of those are our clients' products and people like our clients. So. Oh. On essentially is, you know, they're the ones that are actually selling it and fulfilling it from their warehouse, but we own the products or our clients own the products or third-party sellers own the products. They're just coming from an Amazon warehouse. So honestly, Amazon's not owning, you know, they have Amazon basics and they have stuff like that, but they don't own the actual products a lot of the times. Okay. It's actually third-party sellers. Yeah. I'm with you now. So is it better to do it privately or kind of get into it like what you're saying with Amazon and or or is there a better way or is it just kind of you know I if you're at the end of the day stability you know if you, stability and sustainability is really going to come from riding the coattails of a you know a massive platform like Amazon that you don't need to spend money on marketing so it's low lower capital injection and, and lower risk because the foot traffic is already there and the majority of people. I think it's, you know, I don't have the exact number on this, between 70 and 80% of people that shop on Amazon, they do it specifically because they can buy, they know they can go on Amazon and they can buy, you know, a comb and they can also buy like tire greaser or whatever, sure. <laughs> you know, they, they, you can literally buy everything. It's random, but it's consolidation, which leads to convenience, which leads to saving time, which at the end of the day, you know, that's just the way humans are, we're made. We want to save time. We want to do things quickly. And so if you want to sell on a platform, you know, it's always better to, you know, to at least to start um, with a platform where you know that there's already going to be people on it. And then yeah. strategically is where we come into play. We, we're the ones, investors pay enough front you know, fee, but essentially what we do is we do the whole thing for them. So we're sourcing products by data to know that, hey, these are going to sell, there's lower, there's lower competition on it, whatever it may be, that factors. And then we push the products out on Amazon for our clients and do that all for them. But that's the safest place to start in terms of sustainability, just given the name that Amazon has in the industry and how many people just gravitate towards that website regardless. Is it tough predicting, um, you know, there's moves and what you know, new products are going to be and how well they're going to move or if they're going to sell or is that just looking at patterns? Yeah, yeah there's, you know, at the end of the day, there's, you know, now I could get my, you know, one of my directors on here and he'd be able to, he or she would be able to really pull back the details and the nitty gritty of, really the deep product research here. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's it's all data driven. You have predictive data by based on trends and search algorithms that you're seeing online. What are people searching for this quarter? What's going on in the world? Whatever it may be. Um, and then you have historical data and then you have seasonal trends. Um, so that's the kind of data you pull to actually source and look for products. And then it's, you know, can you get it at a cheaper price than the competitors that already have it? Um, that's a huge factor right there. It's can you source it at a lower cost? Um, and algorithmically, if your product is premiered first on Amazon and how, how they decide that is based on a lot of factors, sure. you know, lower price point, the health of your store as a seller, all these little factors that play into it. If you're premiered first, you know, how many times do you, when you're looking for a product on Amazon, how many times do you go to the second page? It's rare. Very rarely. You're Google. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking right there. It's like, I never go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. But has that got to do with like search engine optimization too? I don't even know. Like I've read uh, about that. 
just how it gets it does, promoted and it does to some extent. I mean, you, you know, you can, you can run SEO and, and PPC ads to specific things in Amazon, but yeah. it depends on what you're doing, what your model is. You know, we, we do a hybrid model. So we do wholesale products, which are products that are brand name that people already know about, right? Sure. They're not, they're not, they're brand name products throughout North America. So you buy in bulk, get a volume discount and flip it at a margin. And then there's private labeling, which sort of aligns with what you're saying is, is SEO and be able to, you know, put ads towards that because that's actually a branded product that's under the, our own client's brand. So we build out a brand for them. So if you wanted to, for example, we have um, the most recent one I saw that we did for a client was some kind of baking utensil. It was like wedding cake stacks or something in the, something in the cake and baking section. Yeah. Um, but the reason why we sourced it is because we knew we could get it very, very cheap, like a, like $1.50 per unit. And we knew there was only two competitors on, on Amazon selling it, they had low inventory and they were selling at a pretty high point, price point. And so we negotiated with manufacturers, sourced it, um, and then flipping that at $15.99 or $10 below the competitor's price nice. right there. But in order to drive that initial sales, you spend a few hundred dollars on marketing here and there and you start pushing traffic specifically to that product. Um, but it really just sort of depends. But at the end of the day, it's it's... If you do it the right way, you can you can do minimal ad spend on Amazon, just given the reason that it's Amazon, like I said before. Uh, so, was there a, a lot of learning for you to you know get acclimated to all of this? Like learning? Like yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> you know, and and we've grown so expansively at this point. I don't run operations in our company. There's two of us who founded this, Jeremy and myself, and okay. and obviously, I you know you have to run through your. The great thing about this is I've. I've gone through my failures on Amazon before. Sure. I, I know what it's like to fail with products. I know what it's like to not make money and to spend money on ads and, and lose that money. And both of him, him and I have gone through that in the past and we know what works now. And that's how we sort of started this company. We knew exactly how, if someone wants to invest, so they don't have to go through the processes of trial and error, which is unfortunate, not fun, costly, time consuming, all of these things. And most of our investors are, you know, everything from school teachers all the way up to people working in the financial sector, all different backgrounds, but commonality is known as time. And people are worried about the risk of trying something specifically and pumping money in an industry they don't know. And so we went through those periods and those, you know, we, we dealt with that. And that's why what we present now is pretty much a tried and true process that obviously we're innovating and evolving as things evolve in the industry. But uh, we've already done that for everyone is where I'm getting at. And, and yeah, it had... It had a lot of different failures here and there, a lot of testing and testing is still going on. And it's just crazy how much this industry does evolve every week, whether it's new digital product opportunities that are coming out or things that are just constantly happening with Amazon policies and all of that. And that's something that not one person would want to have to worry about as a single seller. And so that's why we take over that kind of aspect for people. So they don't have to be concerned about what's happening in the industry and what's happening on the platform. Yeah, dude, I was just thinking about it just you know, with the patterns and looking at products and I don't know if it'd be overwhelming. I guess to me, it would be overwhelming just because I've never really done anything like e-commerce or anything. I just go in there and search what I want to buy and be done with it. But <laughs> one of those things that, you know, I feel like I, if you want to learn it and get good at it and you put your, you know, your blood, sweat and tears in it, you can come out and do pretty well for yourself. I mean, it seems like you're doing really well as far as like traveling and, you know, like, what do you surf on? I saw some surfing on Instagram. I don't know if that was, <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I do what I live, I live in Venice beach in Los oh, Angeles okay. and, and most places I travel to, there's going to be some kind of coastline. And if there's coastline or any kind of sports route, I like to do it and be involved. Yeah. Um, and that's one of them. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, 
at the end of the day, you know, we have, I have my own personal e-commerce businesses, but right now my, my main focus is obviously our clients and making them successful. But, you know, if you take a few steps back, you know, it's what this is and being successful in e-commerce, you know, it's not going to be something that takes, you know, most of the time, it's not going to be something that, you know, replaces your entire, you know, income stream. But that being said, it is a supplementary, supplementary add-on to what you're currently doing and making that extra three, four, five, ten upwards of the highest month we've had for a client is $29,000 in a month wow. net. Um, you know, obviously the more you can pump money into the business, the more you're going to be able to get out of it. So that client had deeper pockets to start with. Um, but everyone can essentially get there is my point. But my point is in general is you, you know, that extra two, three thousand dollars, it's a big difference for a lot of people. And that covers a lot of different things. And so, you know, that's what we do is we provide that additional source of of income. And the, the cool thing about this too is it's not just about the passive income, the way that we build these businesses, they're actually assets. So you know, we're in a big world about digital assets. And if you build a product and a business online in the right manner and follow the right guidelines and have the right business model behind it and the right management team behind it, that digital asset and Amazon business appreciates in value over time. And then it's sellable down the line. You can exit three, four, five years. And, you know, we've seen people sell for six figures nice. or upwards of seven figures with a private label product. It's possible. So. Yeah, that's one thing that it took me for a while to figure out was like, how I don't want to say it's overrated, but how necessary actually a passive income is, and that, and it's yeah, a lot of people it goes unnoticed. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And that little things like this, like small things, you probably put money in and eventually start getting money back out. And like you said, you know, for little side things that you're doing with your life or whatever, that pays for that. You know, a couple of bills a month or whatever, and it's something so easy to do when you can do it anywhere, too, right? Hey, and then that's a great thing. I mean, we're in a digital world right now. If you don't have digital income streams, or you're not looking in that direction. Um, even if it's a small amount, it's important because also it compounds. Once you get passive income streams digitally, you know, without having to go physically somewhere, whatever it may be, that extra income too can be leveraged to invest in other opportunities. Sure. So it becomes a domino effect down the line. You know, that extra three, four grand, say you're just saving it instead and you're not using it for travel. You save that for a year. Then you're, you know, you got 50, 60, 70 grand, whatever it may be. There's your real estate investment right there. Boom. Yeah, boom. Love it. <laughs> it's one of these things that it goes where your know, people are nervous. Or I say, I'm generally speaking, we're nervous yeah. putting money like that because they're so worried. Like you said, you had to get, go through your L's and your losses until you finally, you know, started winning. But a lot of people don't want to lose yeah. in the beginning. But most people who seem to, what I've learned from doing these podcasts, most successful people, you actually don't mind taking their losses and learning from it and keep stay on the grind. They eventually come out on a better part of the, the better end of it and come out successful. Oh yeah. I mean, failure breeds success. You, you right. can't, that is, I, I don't know if I'm taking those words from someone, probably a lot of successful entrepreneurs will say something like that, but at the end of the day, you have to fail. There's no one who doesn't fail before they succeed. And even once you succeed, you're going to continue to fail. Like I, I, dip my hands in, you know, a lot of alternative investments now, now they have the ability to and the financial freedom to. And, sure. you know, I don't, you know, they're not all going to succeed. <laughs> you know, I'm investing in some very alternative stuff right now. And I, it's, I, fortunately, I have the ability to do that at this point. You know, I had to get here, but yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of failures and that's how you learn a lot of different things. As long as you can persevere through that, learn from whatever failure that might be, and then approach it differently the next time around. You're only going to get better and better after that. It's like 
chipping away at something and it's just growing back stronger and stronger and stronger. I would assume and even investing in those different areas you're talking about that you're doing your DD and I mean, due diligence for those who don't know what I'm talking about. So you're not a complete idiot. You're not going in there blind where some people have done that, right? And that's, that's where they got Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, there's, you know, there's always a high risk, high reward. That's a thing, sure. right? We all know that regardless, you know, that's, you can correlate that with crypto. <laughs> crypto has <laughs> crashed. It's not going to crash forever. It's going to make its way back eventually. But, you know, that I, I, that's a volatile investment. But doing it in a certain manner, it has very, very high returns. And, you know, but if you're doing, yeah, you have to have to do due diligence, but only so much you can predict and learn about it. For me, I invest in things now that I believe in. Um, so if I believe in a concept, and obviously the data is there to some extent, you know, my risk will be backed up by, you know, sort of my passion behind it and what I believe in specifically. Right now, I like to sort of invest in passion projects. I have my, you know, I'm about to invest in a, clean water project in Pakistan and, you know, a lot of different things that are sort of random, but at the end of the day, you know, there's data behind all of these. And, you know, it's also, if failure does hit from an investment like this, at least I put my money in something that I believed in as well. Mm. So I think that that holds a lot of weight behind it too. So. Yeah, that's a good point that, you know, you're actually putting your money into something you believe in rather than you're just going for the profits. Right. So it means more to you probably. Right putting in your money. Yeah. And that's why it's less of a gut punch. If you don't, I mean, you're not doing that just because it's going to fail. So you don't feel as bad, but you know, that does sort of help ease it a little bit. If it doesn't turn out exactly the way that you, you expected. Um, obviously I can't say I'm investing in everything that I 100% believe in. Some of them are random, random projects right, right. that I know will just have good ROI. But when I come across things that are passion forward and I sort of believe in the vision behind it, um, and I can sort of bootstrap as an investor in it, um, with the return and, yeah, you know, I'm with it. So I don't blame you, man. That's a great mindset to have. I mean, and speaking of that, did you always have that type of mindset or is you just something you always continually work on? You've always kind of, you came out the womb with something like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get raised. I didn't get, I could raise middle class. I didn't really have always have money with the best. was more of like, how am I going to get out of student debt? <laughs> how am I going to, you know, I always was big about passion. And, and if you're passionate about something specifically, that always drove a lot of like my decisions with certain things. Sure. Uh, even if I wasn't a student debt, I, 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 you know, I would always pay the minimum to the bank just because I was like, I'm not gonna let them take my twenties away by just paying huge chunks of when I start to make money. You yeah. know what I mean? But oh. uh, yeah, I mean, I think passion is, is a huge factor in, in driving almost everything that I do regardless. Uh, but at the end of the day, once, once I was able to be more financially comfortable and get to that state where, you know, I have some extra cash flow that I can actually invest in projects that, might be a little more high risk, but a very passionate forward. You know, that's obviously what's driven, you know, I'd say 20 to 25% of my investments as of lately, the last year or so. Sure. I mean, so, yeah, I just wish a lot of people would get that kind of mindset that we've been talking about is that, hey, you know, you're going to have losses, you're going to have goods, you're going to have bads, but you, you know, you keep showing up, the good things are going to happen. And yeah, it seems like that's what's happened with you and that, yeah, I just, they I, are. Yeah, go ahead. That's just one of those things that I feel like a lot of people, there's always an excuse for everything where people are yeah. like, oh, it's the reason this didn't work out was because of a, they, it's easy to blame others instead of themselves. Uh, yeah, like, of course, of course, man. Positivity is huge. If you're not leading with positive, I mean, and again, we're all human. There's no way you're not going to be hurt by something specifically or have some kind of negative energy at some point. You know, no one's perfect, right? Sure. But you can, if you can lead by knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and you'll get through this. It's just another day. You no, know, I, I think is it like Ed Milo who says, "Always one more day 
just do it one more time. So if you feel like you want to give up, you want to give up, just do it one more. Can you just try it? Don't think about doing it for one more year. Can you do one more day? One more day. And that is, I think that that really resonated with me. It makes perfect sense. It's, it's think about what you can do today. Can you push through this one more day? This is unfortunate. Not, you know, you, you had a loss today. Get through this day. Tomorrow's a new day. Get through that day. And before you know it, you've gone through, you know, six months, you're into your next investment kind of thing. Time goes by so fast. Um, it's really just getting through the current time that you're in um, and coming out positive, in a positive manner. And the universe, you know, works its way out. Yeah, so. I like that saying, always one more day. It reminds me of, uh, I just read Will Smith's book, ironically enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he was basically talking about how when he was little, he was his father told him to build a brick wall, him and his brother or something. And like all mm-hmm. he did was like lay a brick and made it as perfectly as straight and great as he could. Then he just kept with that. This, and he played another one. He would do it again. Yeah. Just kept building over and over until they finally finished the wall. And he said that's kind of what his mentality was in life, was just keep grinding, keep doing one thing little by little and you know these small wins obviously some people will look at them like though they're small they're not leading up to anything but over time boom magic happens yeah they com they compound and sometimes you know before you know it you know there's there's something that accelerates and and 10 bricks went up at once (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's the you sometimes you'll just hit your stride yeah that no one can tell you no one's going to know ever whatever day week month that's going to be but it'll happen eventually, you know, and you just got to know that your time will come if you just keep persevering and you keep your head straight. And, and yeah, yeah, that's the way I like to look at it. Yeah, man. Again, I mean, you're making me want to run through a brick wall right now just because I, <laughs> yeah, like I said, so many people, like maybe I'm making it sound easier than what it is, but some people, if they just change a little bit of the way they think or the way they speak to themselves or others, that they could easily, you know, do anything they want to, especially, you know, if they're sitting in a shitty eight to five job and they hate it or whatever, and they're like, oh, man, they go home and just pound, you know, beers and fast food until, you know, that's a reward system. But it just causes more negative issues down the road. But if it's something like this, they could find something like you know, e-commerce or whatever their passion is to easily make that passive income. And obviously, you know, that financial freedom is a big thing as far as, you know, or as far as mentally and putting up big weight off your shoulders you know Not- yeah mindset man you, yeah you just sort of nailed it on it. it's 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 mindset so it's like you know obviously not everyone you know the person who's in the nine to five plenty of people are in the nine to five with all different levels of income right and it's not easy no one's saying it's easy at all but at the end of the day you know the biggest thing is mindset and then finding your ways to you know you might not have enough money to invest in an e-commerce store maybe you don't have your 20 grand or whatever it may be you don't have that budget but educate yourself on something that you're interested in, right? You can buy most likely that $5 digital course or whatever it may be, or just use the internet at your disposal and learn about things that you're interested in that will compound and lead to other things. And eventually, you know, you'll find your way into the next step. And, you know, that trail, that trail, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a trail there, you know, you just got to keep pushing through it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's also a cyclical thing. You know, you're right nine to five, go home, maybe potentially eat unhealthy, which, you know, your gut affects your mind too. You know, you're on a poor diet. That's going to affect how your mind is processing certain things and how you feel about yourself, whether it's anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it's all, it's all one big thing that is connected, you know? So, you know, take it sometimes, sometimes it's, and I do this always is because life goes by so fast. I always, once in a while, you know, things are good, things are bad, whatever it may be take a couple deep breaths, take a step back at a situation and just like, 
almost look at what's going on from the outside if you can, sure. and then sort of assess it yourself, whether it's good or bad, embrace it, <laughs> embrace it, you know? Yeah. That's one thing I've also had to learn was just like kind of sit back and reflect and think, so, all right, how are things going? Is this what I like or is this what I don't like? And then make a plan on how to change it, you know, instead of just keep going down the road and just screwing yourself over. Yeah. You're going to blink and then it's going to be, you know, five, 10, one year, two year, three years, five, 10 years later. It's like, Holy shit. What did I, <laughs> sure. what just happened? Mm-hmm. You know? You no, know, we don't have to go on a pandemic talk here, but that was kind of what happened to me. I felt like I was on autopilot until, yeah, you know, the life came to a halt, so to speak. And it was just like, Ooh, you know, I guess I could start rerouting things and change the way my living the way I want to do. I mean, let me do, let me make a few changes in my life and make myself a little bit happier. So yeah, it's just totally. one of those things. Yeah. It's one of these things you just got to sit down and think about. And yeah, it's just like you said, you know, blink of the eyes, you're five, 10 years down the road. And if you didn't ask any questions or do anything about it, there's 10 years that are gone that you're not getting back. There's 10 years. And then, but then it's right now. So then start now, you know, cause you'll keep, it'll be another 10 years. If you don't, if you don't act when you, you know what I mean? It's never too late. You know, it's never too late to start whatever it is. And if it's just, you know, say you feel like you got a waterfall of things that you want to change, just start with one thing. You know, the gratification of being able to push through something that, you know, you wanted to change, whether how small or how large it is, is so impactful to your mental health, how you feel about things and, and how it just leads into your mentality going into the next thing you want to change. Then you get momentum. There's nothing. I think momentum is, is one of the most powerful things out there. You see it in basketball games yep. and that's why you see it, you know, a team come back from like 50 points down. They had more heart in it. They had more momentum, et cetera. Momentum is contagious, you know, and it, it bleeds into the next thing in a good way. So this is definitely of, important. Somebody talked about, I don't know if it was quote or what, but it was like talk about having that momentum and once you get on a, a momentum, positive streak or success, whatever you want to call it, that, that slow momentum, kind of what you're saying, just compounds and you keep building and building. That's what you get on that rod for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm all about that. I mean, I used to love, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to see. And you, it's like, it's something that's not necessarily tangible, right? Sure. Like what is moment? <laughs> what is it? You can't see it specifically. You can, but it's, you know, momentum is just, it's the energy that's going in and it's producing more results or however you want to define momentum because <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's a very interesting kind of way to look at it, but it is there and it's powerful whether we see it or not. And it's something that compounds momentum will compound over momentum, become stronger and stronger and stronger. The little wave becomes into a tidal wave and then you're dominating. There you, you know, go, loving it, man. Um, yeah. what would be it? All right. So this might be switching gears a little bit, but let's say if somebody is coming out of college or whatever, and they yeah. want to start, in the e-commerce or kind of take maybe a little bit of the same path that you did. I mean, do you have any advice that you would put out there for them? Yeah. Yeah. Number one, I think is people don't realize how important your credit is. Credit is so important. (laughs) Personal credit is very important. Um, And if you're younger, you have less credit history. Sure. Um, But I'm talking to someone who might not, even if someone who's got the money, it's credit is going to define, this is in the United States, you know, it's going to affect you being able to buy a house down the line, real estate, um, get loans at 0% for business opportunities, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so work on your credit, number one. Um, and you'll be able to, you know, with good credit over 700, you know, you can, you can leverage the bank's money at 0%. And, you know, the banks and credit card companies have taken advantage of consumers for, I don't know, 40, 50 years, forever, right? You know, high interest rates, whatever it may be, right? But there are 0% interest rates and you can get that and you can achieve that 
by having good credit. And with that, you can invest in business models that, you know, the sooner you invest in something that's an appreciating asset, that's going to be worth money down the line, regardless. And this is, I'm talking to a college, you know, someone coming out of graduating, you might not have all those funds, you know, and it might not be exciting to get that first nine to five out of college. No one really likes that. It's like, oh, is this going to be the rest of my life? Exactly. It's not necessarily, you know, yeah, take that job if you have to for that money, but, you know, work on your credit and then be able to leverage, you know, the biggest thing is learn about certain things that you care about. And I, I can't keep pushing it enough. You know, if you can, if you can leverage credit, which we teach our clients to do as well. You know, sometimes we have clients with very deep pockets and they've got like a 500 credit score. It's, it's just not wise to leverage your cash flow and your cash for investments that can be done by the bank that you can use someone else's money, which is essentially the bank. So getting a 0% business loan is a lot easier than people actually think or business credit. And you can use that to invest in opportunities that will return in cash flow, pay that off before your interest even accrues. You know, we guarantee our investors um, ROI on their on their investments. So if someone were to get a 0% card and invest with us, they're going to get that cash flow back enough to pay that back. Before you know it, you have a business that you didn't even pay any interest to get and you had zero money to start. <laughs> you just had you just had credit. So I just regardless of what it is, I think be be wary of, you know, be mindful of your credit. You know, I didn't actually at all <laughs> when I was, you know, I'm saying this because I I didn't, you know, I was just like, it's just, you know, it's a devil's plastic. The credit card. You don't know what it is when you're 19 years old, they give you a card. It's like, you think it's your money, but it's not, <laughs> you know, be smart about that spend, but learn about ways where you can increase your credit score. Um, because that's going to pay massive dividends in your mid twenties through your thirties and beyond. That's a good model, dude. I didn't really think about it like that. So for example, based on what you said that I took out a bank loan for 0% interest or whatever, I got good credit. And, you know, yeah. invest that with you. And then let's say yeah. X amount of money, go pay off that loan. Then you, you take out the loan again and just reinvest it until you just kind of got a building block of bigger, bigger gains. You essentially, so we, so the way you do it, we have, there's a one-time upfront initial investment. So that's an initial investment of X amount of money. You know, there's different ranges. Yeah. And then to pump money into the store, you need to have uh, working working capital, right? Which is generally used on business cards or personal credit cards, it's always better doing business cards because business credit cards don't report to your personal credit. So they'll never, they'll never affect your personal credit. It takes liability away. So the one-time payment, let's say it's $20,000, $20, dollars whatever it may be on the tier, you know, if you use the 0% bank loan for that, you could do that, A. And then you have, you'd have to have a business card, a credit card, uh, which is very easy to you get it, open up a new entity and you can get a business card immediately with good credit, um, which is going to be something that's completely separate of this, right? And we leverage that for products and working capital through the term. And before you know it, most of our clients are breaking even under a year. Then you have that, that 20K initial paid off and you're just using a revolving credit line. Yeah, and I'll okay. explain it right now, man. I'm, I'm in Spain. I'm going to be in Europe most of the summer. I do not pay for flights and I do not pay for hotels anymore. I use all the points that are leveraging on, on, my, on my e-commerce stores and my business, whether it's ad spend mixed with just revolving products that I'm buying, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. You know, I, I flew here with not a dollar out of my pocket and staying in a pretty nice hotel for nothing, <laughs> but that's, that's what I like to use the points for. You can use it for cash back. You can do whatever passion you want. There's a lot of different cards out there with benefits, but there's a lot of ways to take advantage and utilize this in, in a good way. That's safe. People think credit and they freak out. You yep. can use it in the right manner with the right mindset and the right strategy. And you can not have any negative effects and only have positive outcomes from it. And this additional sugar on top, which is, you know, extra money via points. Yeah, dude, it's so awesome, man. You get to go travel without 
barely paying anything, man. Like go to Spain, yeah. live your life, dude. Fuck. Shit. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a way to that's do. my favorite part about that's my favorite part about it. I mean, I've always my whole life I've been traveling, but yeah, you know, obviously it's it's different now. It's crazy because I, I have more money to be able to travel now, but I'm spending less. Yeah, it's just like you don't think it would work out like that, but yeah, when you yeah, but it's the opposite. Point. Now I yeah. don't even spend money on my on my flights, and I have more money to spend. So <laughs> that wouldn't be an issue to do it. It's like <laughs> it's crazy how the world works. You That's your goal was like to come travel most of the world, or yeah. I mean, I I started pretty young. You know, I actually didn't really like I, for some reason. I think it's just sort of a bug in my family. Okay. Um, my mom was a big traveler when she was young. She used to live in Greece and stuff like that. And and when I you know. 17 years old everyone's going to prom senior prom i i said nah, hell no i'm not doing that and i backpacked central america it's like i'm gonna spend my money instead of doing a you know buying a tuxedo and spending all this blowing all this money on this shit (laughs) i'm gonna go so i I bought a a round trip or one way technically it really was a round trip but it was sort of like an open-ended kind of ticket um down in mexico and i just backpacked all the way through down to nicaragua etc um, Guatemala, all of that. So that was that. That obviously got me hooked ever since then. You know, whenever I had money to put away, I'd be going to Europe every summer when I could for two weeks when I was working for someone. Yeah. Now I can do it extensively. The last few years, um, yeah, just a big part. Once you have that bug, it's sort of like shit. <laughs> yeah. If I don't go, if I don't get out of Los Angeles and do something like this frequently, uh, my mind. This is my mental release. It's sort of a meditative thing for me to travel. Um, because I'm so busy with my business that like I'm still gonna work while I'm abroad, but I will feel suffocated if I don't do it. Just sort of my own my own thing. Did you by yeah. yourself in South America? Uh actually I had, I had two buddies who were a couple years older than me. Okay. Um, go with me. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I've just, you know, taking that type of a bold move and not doing the social norm and going to prom to saying, no, fuck that. Let's go do let's go backpack. I mean, that's a great memory that you can have, I mean, I don't even talk to my prom dates now. So it's kind of like, yeah, they were good. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of sucked at the same time afterwards, but, um, but yeah, man, that's so good. And so cool that, and you actually kind of, you see the world and you kind of learn new things. And like how you said, it's kind of meditative for you at the same time where it um, is, it is, there's nothing more meditative for me than being able to just be a man. I've been to Spain multiple times on my first time here, but like every time I go somewhere, whether it's repeating the same country or not, you're always put in slightly uncomfortable situations. And all that does is strengthen you as a person and you get to see different perspective and different ways of life. And that just sharpens you overall. And believe it or not, I'm not sure the specifics of it, but it helps me with my business and how I approach things back in the States. Um, honestly, just being able to be immersed in, in other situations across the world. It's, it's honestly, it's, I don't, I don't really know that I don't really have words to explain how it makes me feel, but it definitely accelerates me as a person and it, it refines me in terms of, you know, how I feel about certain things, mm-hmm. um, whether it's being, whether it's gratitude, whether it's, you know, just having different, you know, disagreeances in business and understanding that knowing someone's got a different perspective and or a different backpack. I like to say it that they're wearing, you never know where people are coming from in their opinion. And I think all that ties into my perspective when I'm traveling and always being in different cultures and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty impactful. Yeah. You know, Matthew McConaughey wrote about that in his book, Green Lights, about how he went on to a random mm-hmm desert i can't remember what but that's what he how he wrote the book was just getting away from all the all the noise you know away from social media away from other people and just kind of and what you're saying is like basically what he said as far as you know kind of resetting the mind and getting back to where his actual thoughts were and wanted to pursue in life and take that with him back to the 
I guess I think he was in some desert in America. I don't remember where, but but yeah, yeah, he, yeah. And he wrote about all his like his life and what he was thinking at the time, and what his future goals are, and what he's wanting to do now, and where he sees himself in ten years. And yeah, yeah, it's so powerful stuff, and it goes unnoticed, and people think that you know doing things like that is you know not cool and it's lame or it's crazy. Or yeah, whatever. crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like somebody to say like you know a seventeen year old kid, I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip the prom and go backpack, you know, across Central America. Like nobody would be like, oh, you're crazy, dude, for doing it, like you said. But it's not. That's one of the – you need these outliers and stuff. Uh-oh. Oh, lost you for a second. Oh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Oh, yeah. Right so, here. Yeah. It might, might be the Spanish internet. I don't know. <laughs> it could be mine. But, yeah, like you just need people like that who are not afraid to go against or think outside the box and do things differently and, you know, go – you know, enjoy that life, you know, and just think like, oh, you know, when you're looking back on your deathbed, you know, it's like, oh, I'm glad I went to my prom or, you know, I guess there's good things to the proms too, but you also have that. Yeah. You had dude, like, you know, and that's, yeah. That's and it, and it was, it was for me. I mean, it might not be for everyone, but at the end of the day, like I, I can attribute a lot of my success too to traveling in general. Like even said before, like I was traveling when most people would not spend money on a trip because they're in college debt after I graduated. Right. Oh, you're in, you're in, you're in college debt. You should be putting that, you know, a couple thousand dollars, whatever it is towards your, towards your loan, whatever. And I said, hell no, I'm going to pay the minimum because I need this for myself. And all that did was lead me into different positions and, you know, different career opportunities and different mindsets that led me into an entrepreneurial spirit to the end of the day, you know, let me know where I am right now. And college debt's not a thing anymore, you know, and I, I, I don't regret, you know, any of it, you know, it's, 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 it's huge. It's got a huge impact to be able to, and it's different for everyone, the kind of traveling, everyone might have a different way of releasing. It doesn't mean always has to mean going across the world. Like you said, McConaughey was probably in the States in the desert, just quiet around it. Yeah. You know, it means something different for everyone, but whatever that is for you as a person, find it and do it. And it's one of those things where you just take the leap on it. If it's your first time, because a lot of times people you know, they're like, they're nerds. It's almost like I used to cliff jump when I was younger. I grew up in the mountains in New York. Nice. And it's like the first few ones that were like really high are like, ah, <laughs> should I do this? But I always used to be like, nah, don't even think about it. Just, just jump kind of thing. <laughs> jump into the water. Just, just take the leap, you know? And you know, once you're in the air, you're screaming and you're loving it kind of thing. So it's just, you just gotta, you gotta push through that kind of quick barrier. And the other side is, is awesome. So I love that. Take a leap of faith. And that's because it's yeah. so easy to overthink something and, you know all the and it's so easy like i guess our mind goes into this i've heard this goes into a survival instinct mode it's like these are the reasons not to do something because you know x y and z you won't have any money it won't work out or whatever but when you do finally learn to push yourself through that barrier and take that leap dude i mean there's a lot more positives usually on the other side of it yeah absolutely i think they say salto mortale or salto mortal which is spanish italian latin for essentially summer summer salt or like the leap of death which at the end of the day, what it really means is to, to take that chance, sure. you know, take that leap, take that leap, do that thing that, you know, you want to do, but it seems like it's scary to do. Um, because yeah, you, again, you're only living once and, and you know, you on your deathbed, whatever down the line and you, know, you don't know, you know, what's, what's tomorrow or you're going to even see tomorrow. So, you know, live it up as much as you can live it in the moment. That's true. Well, I think we should take it home on that right there, man. That'd be a good way to take the podcast home. Um, if people want to find you, find Ascend and all of your businesses or whatever, yeah, plug away, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our, our website is www.ascendecom.com. That's A-S-C-E-N-D-E-C-O-M.com. You can book a call with us there. Call with us there if you're interested. Um, our social media is at Ascend, A-S-C-E-N-D underscore E-C-O-M. 
I'm at WBASTA, W-B-A-S-T-A. Um, yeah, everything is there. And we sent a lot of updates on that as well about the business opportunities and things that we're doing. And and yeah, I really appreciate the time today, man. It was a great conversation. Yeah, for sure. Well, all right, everybody, we're out of here. See you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.